Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Hello and welcome back everyone to the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast. This is a really exciting episode today because I have with us today Asfi Tias, who is a rising senior getting ready to apply to university. And she has been through the Ivy League challenge. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, as I was sitting on Harvard's campus for some alumni events and for commencement, I took a copy of her freshly produced, freshly published book and I got to read it sitting on the steps of the Widener Library. It was so fun and such an exciting thing. Um, and so I'm really excited to introduce Asfi to my listeners, to all of you, because I think her story is not only inspiring and amazing, but it's also so real. It's She is such a real, amazing person. And so I can't wait to introduce and to let everyone hear your story. Asfi, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Tell us just, let's let's kind of understand kind of your background just a little bit. Can you tell us what your college prep was like before the Ivy League Challenge, before we met? Um, so for me, I joined the Ivy, Ivy League Challenge kind of late, and I really regret that. I wish I did know about this a lot sooner. So I joined in my junior year, and by that time, I was pretty much set as a student for the rest of my high school career. Uh So I had, you know, the grades, the classes, and the extracurriculars. So for one, I would say my application then looked like what you would call an ideal application, one with many extracurriculars, awesome grades, and everything. Mm -hmm. But the reality was that I was really overwhelmed, and I was juggling so many things at once. And I was, for me, I believed in uh, quantity over quality at that time. <laughs> right. Where, yes. So like the more extracurriculars that I have, the better it'll look on my application. And then of course, slowly I did realize that it's more about quality, but I still didn't get the full gist of it. And I was still very, very overwhelmed. So I was like juggling everything. And <laughs> I know when I talked to Mr. Gardner for the first time, I was just listing off my activities and he was like, are you sure a lot of them are needed? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just joining this because it looks good. And then, you know, I realized I need to spend my time more carefully. Mm. Amazing. Okay. So did you feel you felt overwhelmed, you said, and you feel like you were doing all of this because you wanted to be more competitive, not because you loved all of the different activities, but you felt like that was helping you stand out. Yeah. And that was really the sad part for me because I spent so much time, I invested so much time behind so many of these activities because I wanted to stand out. You know, I was just reading college prep blogs, books, day and night. And that's what they said. They wanted well-rounded individuals or they wanted individuals with spikes. I know, I'm sure many of you know about this since you guys are all highly motivated, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's just, it was a lot for me and I just didn't know how to manage it. And, you know, I, for one, I have younger siblings and I'm the oldest, so I have a lot of home responsibilities there too. So it was just overall very, very frustrating for me. And I just didn't like what I was doing. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that you're you're greatly understating your home responsibilities. <laughs> you're yeah. also not just the oldest who does regular babysitting and and childcare duties, but also I happen to be aware that that you are the official or unofficial translator in the home because uh, your parents immigrated to the United States and do not speak English. And so when taxes come around or when the bank calls or when there are any issues, guess who gets to figure out the solution? Um, right. So, okay. So this is, you've got um, a really, really overwhelmed schedule. Um, can you just tell us just a little bit about that emotion? Like what was the frustration like? How did it feel to be working so hard, but also not really know if you were being effective? And uh, I mean, you must have at some time wondered if it was worth it. Well, I mean, that's really what the frustration felt like. It felt like, um, I guess the best way I could put it, you know, as someone that's a writer, is that it felt like a train without any ending destination. You know, it just kept going. It just, you know, it was boring. I know a lot of the frustration, it felt very boring. I know a lot of the activities that I did felt very um obligatory so mm -hmm. in ninth grade i joined this uh stem group called smash academy and um i realized i was invest investing a lot of time towards something that i was not passionate about it was a very coding based and i'm more of a uh medicine science person much more of a chemistry hands-on person right so it was very, yeah it was like very coding based and i was putting so much effort and energy into it and it was very hard for me to do because it was virtual as well so you know even amid covid it was just very um overwhelming and it's just something that i realized that i don't like and i realized that i was waning my participation off and in the end of the day i wasn't a leader in this group i was investing a lot of time in this group and it just didn't feel like it was worthwhile so I think that's a good description of exactly how I felt. Um, just participating in so many of these activities, and it was just it was just boring. It kept on dragging on. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. It just it just didn't feel like I could rest. I know Mr. Gardner is aware that um, I tend to push. I pushed myself so hard before that my body sort of like forces myself to like collapse. Mm. So it was just very bad and it was mentally affecting me too, you know, negatively. So Yeah. And I contrast that. I mean, think about the things that you do because they are aligned with your core values. Once you figure out what those core values are and you start to make decisions that that align more closely with them, what happens? Instead of your body breaking down, your body is more energized than ever before. <laughs> and so you're you're still working really, really hard, but you're doing things that are aligned with really are at your core. And instead of wearing your body thin by just trying to push yourself to do things that really don't align with your core drivers, suddenly every extra minute you spend doing these activities charges your soul and charges your batteries. Um, that has got to be exciting. So let, let's talk about that. What is different now that you've been through the Ivy League challenge? Well, um, you know, even though I couldn't um, participate as much as I wanted to, which was very unfortunate, I feel like the Ivy League challenge still had such a huge impact on me. And I'm just so grateful for that. Again, I just regret not knowing about this way earlier, like, you know, three years before. So <laughs> I really suggest all highly motivated students to really look into it because Mr. Gardner is a great person and you'll get really good advice. 
And not only that, you'll learn something very worthwhile. So I know um, one thing that we talk about quite a bit, especially when writing college essays, is how your perspective changed, like a poignant point in time where your perspective changed. And that's what admissions officers like seeing. I feel like with this challenge, I got those perspective shifts. And Mm. it was just so, it it was unreal to me because my mindset completely changed. You know, I started to feel a lot less stressed. I felt a lot more um, productive with my time. And I sought out more opportunities that are beneficial to me as a person. You know, they enrich me as a person and they're beyond just college admissions. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. And I I, I, I mean, thank you for, for kind of being so kind and, and promotional about the Ivy League challenge. But um, I, I'm, I'm just grateful as I listen, I'm grateful to hear, you know, that you've had that experience personally, that you have found the stress leaving your body and, and being replaced with greater clarity around which activities um, are, are, are charging your batteries, right? And which activities are the things that are really making you more authentic and making you more productive in who you truly are, not who you wish, you know, someone else, right? We want to make, we want you to be the best version of yourself, not the best version of someone else. Yep. So um, tell us about your impact projects. Um, We have, you know, you've, you've been so generous about what has changed since you've been in the Ivy League challenge, but I've already alluded to one thing that you've you've done, which is so exciting and so amazing. You did publish a book. I read that book on the stairs of the Widener Library. By the way, that book is in Harvard's library right now, just so you know. Um, (laughs) Which I didn't. Yeah, I hadn't told you before, but I I just wanted to find out how a book is submitted and and what the process is, and I was able to submit your book there. So um, at least when I uh, submitted it. I don't know where it's going to end up, but it was at the Bucknell Library. Um, and so Harvard has uh, a collection of libraries. I think there's something like 35 or 40 different buildings that house their books because they have too many books for any one specific library. So yeah, you're a published author uh, whose book is available to check out at Harvard <laughs> University. Um, that must feel exciting. Uh, tell us about your impact project. Impact projects, plural, because you've done more than one. Yes. So, and I know some of them are ongoing, you know, they're still in the works. Um, For me, it has been especially challenging to do impact projects this year because um, for my school, we've just come back after two long years of COVID and lockdown. And we decided, because my school is kind of big, we decided to take a sort of hybrid method. So, Mm -hmm. you know, cohorts divided. So one day, one, you know, one cohort's going to school, the next day, the other. It sort of alternates. So, you know, with that, without having all five days of school, it's very hard to, you know, network or do the essentials things for an impact project. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, so, you know, for the moment, um, uh, you know, I did get out a book, which I'm very excited about, and I have a couple others planned. So I will start with the book first. Um, it was a very personal impact project for me. I know I've heard a lot of my other peers impact project and you know, they're like larger than larger than life. You know, they're amazing. And the, all my peers are amazing in the Ivy League challenge. Everyone will be inspired. But for me, my book was very, very personal to me. You know, it was something um, it started as a hobby of writing short, 
short stories in my free time, it was a way for me to debrief. So it was an activity that enriched me and it brought me a lot of pleasure. And you know, I really enjoy writing and experimenting with writing styles and literature in general. So, um, you know, soon I saw that uh, short stories sort of coming together as a collection. And I realized that I had common themes across my stories and common plots. So I thought, hey, why, why don't I put it together as a book? So I did that. And it was just really exciting to see a lot of my work coming together. You know, it's always a satisfying thing. And it was a very personal, you know, it was a very personal impact project. You know, it impacted me quite, quite a bit. It showed my perspective about life. And it also showed how I changed and matured as a person. You know, the writing progresses as I mature as a person, which is very, yeah, it's very cool. It's very interesting. You know, my, I just noticed that my writing throughout the book got a lot more emotional, a lot more, um, it got a lot more descriptive. So it was just, you know, it was very exciting to see that, you know, especially as a um, brand new author. But so, you know, that's just something very emotional for me. I could go on and on about it. And another thing that was very emotional about this project as well is that some of my closest friends helped me out in it. And, you know, one of my friends, she made the cover, the other edited it, and the other like put the whole thing together and published it. So it was just, you know, a team effort from my friends. And I really value that. And I know I'll remember that for years to come. Yeah, and that is yeah, beautiful. It is very meaningful. Yeah. And um, for my other impact projects, so I'm very passionate about many things. I know I have very strong core values. And one of them is about equity and equality and specifically justice for people. So um, it, with that mindset, what I want to do is that I decided that I give a lot of value to mental health. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, once we're out of this weird hybrid situation, um, over the summer especially, I will be working on creating a mental health program for students, not just in my school, but in my district. So I've got the networking done for it, thanks to Mr. Gardner's tips. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to my principal. So that one's going to be ready to go soon. And not only that, I am involved in the JROTC of my school. So for the JROTC, I re- I decided that I'll go use that program. So, you know, I'm very high in the leadership and I'm, you know, very passionate about JROTC teachings. Uh-huh. So I would, yeah, so, you know, I would use that program and I would instill, um, I decided I want to instill some self-defense classes for students next year. And I want to implement that throughout the district for all the other students. And I feel like it would be such a unique addition because, um, especially at a time like this, self-defense is a fun way for physical activity. And it's just, you know, it's a very valuable life skill too in many different situations for young people, you know, especially women. So it's one of my core values, women's safety. And in the summer, I'll be doing some postgraduate research at a university. And I got that because of network. Really exciting. Oh, yes. I'm very excited about that. And it's stuff that I'm very passionate about. So, you know, I'm very passionate about climate change. And um, a year ago, actually, I made a whole notebook of research with a little invention I thought of for climate change. And it was like artificial photosynthesis. So I'm going to be doing research on that with a professor and a whole lab. So I'm just very excited about the breakthroughs we might have this summer. It's just a very packed summer for me. And a very Can you tell us about how you landed that opportunity? 
Oh, yeah. So I landed the opportunity first by really talking about myself. So I'm someone that's usually very, before I used to be very reserved about who I was. You know, for me, it was just, oh, do my work, impress my teachers with my work, and just, you know, not talk about myself. Uh And, you know, I was more about like showing rather than saying. But then I realized the value in talking about yourself and, you know, the many different things you can get by fostering a very meaningful connection with your teachers and your administrators. So, you know, I talked to my teachers about how passionate I am. I told them about my artificial photosynthesis research. I showed them my notebook and they were very impressed. You know, I have two science teachers and a whole vice principal dedicated to science in the school right. so i talked to them yeah so i talked to them and they landed me that opportunity with the university of michigan where i will be doing research with the chemistry department and with a very highly esteemed professor so i'm just you know incredibly excited for that opportunity and i'm very grateful that i opened myself up to talking more about my passions yeah it's beautiful yeah. i remember we had several conversations kind of in the lead up to that um, and just how powerful of a networker you have become, which is, which is so great, right? What a skill that is going to last long beyond college prep and college itself uh, to be able to find and to communicate with people who, you know, can, can support you in your passion or in your impact. That's just something that's going to be so valuable for so long. Um, Amazing. Asfi, we we could spend an entire podcast talking about each and every one of these different things that you're doing. I love, for example, I love the fact that uh, you're focused on mental health and then also teaching self-defense. These are both based around helping other teenagers become more confident. Like, you know where that self-doubt comes from. You've had personal experiences. And now you're saying, how can I help others to live, you know, in an amazing and and um, and productive way. How can I make an impact on people that I understand really well and and that I care about? Um, and then here you are doing research and and publishing a book, but it's all so collaborative, so much community in all of this. In in all of the conversations we had about how to do the outre- outreach and how to find research opportunities, um, and the relationships that you've built along the way to landing those opportunities and to publishing your book and even in these projects that you're in the middle of right now. So much of your core values are just all around each of these activities. And so what happens? Someone listening in to this podcast might be feeling like, wow, she said that she used to be overwhelmed and used to be doing too much, but how could that possibly be more than what she's already doing if she's talking about four different impact projects in one summer? (laughs) <laughs> the difference is you really, really love these things. And so you wake up thinking about how, you know, how can I do this better? Or how can I, how can I talk to that person? And also you have, you know, the help of peers and experts. And so it takes, you know, it, it takes you from a member of a dozen different clubs, racking up hundreds of hours of volunteer time and, and, and trying to compete in a number of different competitions or whatever else, everything is exhausting and everything is all about how can I fit in more? And it transitions into what kind of impact can I make? How can I make that impact? Who can I solicit for help? And suddenly your daily activities become highly productive and you get a lot done. Whereas before you were busy on that treadmill, like you said, you're kind of on that train with no ending, no destination, 
just running, running, running on the treadmill, never, never knowing how it might ever possibly slow down. But here, here we go. Once you align with core values, you apply just a couple of strategies. Suddenly you can slow down and let other people run with you and you get more done. Yep. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is. It really is. Beautiful. So what advice, just a couple of questions as we close, what advice would you have, say, for a 14-year-old girl who wants to become competitive for selective schools? Someone, uh, or for yourself, a few years back, what advice might you have for someone listening in in that situation? Well, the first advice I'd have is to look for the Ivy League challenge. (laughs) (laughs) The second, well, well, you know, some second advice that I would have is to first really do the... um, I like to call it character development. You know, for me, I went through a lot of quote unquote character development, mm-hmm. but I would say to use your ninth grade year when things aren't as hectic to really reflect a lot on yourself yeah. and to, you know, establish your core values. I think that's just the main gist of it. That's the foundation. Once you find out your core values, you'll know exactly what you want to do and what you want to spend the rest of your high school career doing. And I think that's just what makes you just instantly, it makes you more competitive than most students that want to apply for, you know, great, you know, big colleges. Mm -hmm. And for one, when you do that work, and I think that's the hard work, the impact projects are easy once you really get into the rhythm, because just like when I was writing the book, to me, it was just routine. You know, I like doing it. It was just, it didn't even feel like work to me. So the impact project won't feel like work to you. The real work would be establishing the core values, you know, exactly what you're passionate about, what you stand for, and what changes you want to you know how they say the phrase, be the change you want to be? Yeah, right. I feel like it's very true. And that's something that could be applied. And Okay, so, you know, establish your core values. That's just the main part. That's the hard work. And once you establish your core values, that's when the fun begins. So then you start seeking out opportunities and you start doing things you love. And I feel like that, again, makes you way more competitive than I'll say a good 80% of applicants because mm-hmm. now you'll know what to write about. You know, college essays are such a huge factor to everything. It gives a human, uh, it gives a human look to you whose right. entire life is on a file, right? It, it, it shares your voice. It's that one opportunity that you should 100% capitalize on. Yes. So once you have these uh, poignant moments of realization and you go through all these things, you know, about yourself, your character development and talking to people, you'll know exactly what to write about. You know, it'll be very meaningful to write about. You could be that one applicant with like 10 different activities. You excel at them. Yeah. And then you just write about, you know, something really boring. Like, oh yeah, something happened during piano. Or or just write about boring how you won the game, right? Or how you you overcame a challenge, which everyone writes about, you know, being the hero of their story. Right. There's no nuance there. There's no complexity, no thoughtfulness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you'll come off as kind of predictable. But then Mm -hmm. when you really start that thinking, you'll tailor a story that is very personal to yourself. And I know Mr. Gardner and I talked about this a couple weeks ago where he even talked about maybe you could even be the villain of your story. And then you realize how you were being the villain. I feel like that's very meaningful. It's It's a very interesting story. It hooks people in. So it's like there's so much nuance to it and you will really create a very specific story. I... I would say the biggest piece of advice here, the biggest takeaway is to not make your entire life about college admissions. 
these four years, they're not all about college admissions. You should think about um, how you improve as a person. You should think about what achievements you want, establish your ambitions, and literally just have fun. I feel like that's the most important takeaway of high school. And I feel like that already makes you very competitive, you know. People that make their entire college application or their entire high school career about college admissions, they tend to overlook a lot of nuances and they tend to go straight for something that's pretty much the same compared to everyone else. So I feel like when you just let go and, um, you know, be yourself, you will already have a competitive edge. So just have fun and focus on yourself these four years. And <laughs> I'd say that's my biggest advice. I love it. I love your advice. I love your story. I am a huge cheerleader for Asfi Tias. I cannot wait to see where you go. I'm so excited for you to go to an amazing college, but then continue making your impact on whatever amazing college is lucky enough to have you, and then moving on to medical school and and everything that is just coming ahead of you and, and the communities that you live in. I'm, I feel honored to both have you in the program. It's been wonderful having you in the program and, and watching you grow and develop and find those core values and make changes in your life. And now to share this amazing discussion with you and just to hear your perspective from this angle, it's been amazing. And I can't be, I mean, I just can't express how grateful I am for you and all that you've meant in the program and all that you mean to your community now. So thank you so much for joining us and, and thank you for being you. Oh yeah, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate everything, Mr. Gardner. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.